0: We've been going through the gospel in chronological order. And so now we get to that, that fun part that, that is often referenced as the, the calling of the disciples out of the boats. So if you would turn to Luke chapter 4, starting in verse 42, reading through chapter 5, verse 11. And once you find your place, please stand for the reading of God's holy word. And when it was day, he departed and went into a desolate place. And the people saw him and came to him, and would have kept him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose, and he was preaching in the synagogues of Judea. On one occasion, while the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, and he saw two boats by the lake. But the fishermen had gone out from out of them and were washing their nets, getting into one of the boats, which was Simon's. He asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people from the boat, and we had, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Put out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we have toiled all night and took nothing, but at your word I will let down the nets. And when they had done this, they enclosed a large number of fish, and their nets were breaking. They signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so that they began to sing. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, kind of uh, catch up where we were last week, we, we saw Jesus um, had gone into um, the synagogue and he, he had preached in Capernaum and he had actually casted out a, a demon and that, that was quite an a awe-inspiring thing and, and the people are following, following after him and, and trying to figure out in their mind what does it mean that, that Jesus has cast out demons, this authority that he has to do so. And as as we see, we, we see that he goes on. He has to preach to the other in the other parts of the land as well. And he he is preaching the kingdom, and and people are really astonished. And many people are bringing him uh, people to be healed, people to to cast cast out demons. And and last week we talked about how he went to uh, after church. I said, what are we all going to do after church? You know, in Jesus' day, he went to Peter's house and they had a meal. But Peter's mom was very sick with the fever, and Jesus rebukes the fever. The only time. We actually see Jesus rebuking a disease of some, some sort. Um, and so we can tell by that that there was some demonic influence involved in this fever. But he, he cast them, them out, and immediately we see Peter's um, mother-in-law get up and, and serve. And that's a lesson for all of us. If, if you can say amen to that last song we've seen, you've seen the power of God in your life. You should be like Peter's mother-in-law, and you should be getting up and serving Christ. If, if you have encountered Christ in that way, we should be desiring to, to be serving Him as well. You know, I, I shared a little bit about those those fishing stories. Share share one more funny story before we move on. Um, it's not really a fishing story, but it has a fishing boat involved. It's how I learned to swim. Most people, their parents have a swimming pool in the backyard, or they take them down the Y or a local uh, swimming place and teach them how to swim. Uh, my family has this tradition of, uh, kind of we call it the sink, or, sink or swim. And so they took you in a fishing boat, and you really wasn't sure what's was going on. You always had your life vest on uh, when you are fishing. And they said, today, Dylan, you're going to learn to swim. And I'm like, oh, cool. And that's where my uncle proceeds to pick me up, throw me out of the boat, and start rolling the boat to shore, just far enough where I could never reach the boat. And that is how I learned to swim. <laughs> Anybody want to learn to swim that way? No, but it's effective. So, you know, there's that time where we may be novices at at something. And from a human point of view, when we talk about Jesus, he was viewed as a carpenter. And that's what they expected him to be good at. His his father um, later on in the scriptures, we'll we'll see his father, they they kind of mock Jesus saying, aren't you the son of some obscure carpenter named Joseph, who was his earthly father? You know, that and yeah, he joked about you know, it would be similar to me giving fishing instructions to people. When I technically know how to fish, doesn't mean I'm very good at it. But Peter, he is a master fisherman, And I want us to understand that when we, when we re- read this story, he made his livelihood. And when we read about that these large crowds are, are pressing in on him, I think Peter is really dejected. Why? Because he missed a great business opportunity. There are hundreds, if not thousands of people sur- surrounding Jesus And it is the morning they're most likely what? Hungry. And so what was Peter doing all night? He was going out and he would take his net. They didn't use fishing poles back then, sorry. But he would take his net and he would cast it out. And he'd drag it back in. Doing this over and over for eight or nine hours. Could you imagine? Now, their net was much heavier than ours. But as we, we think about that, and then Jesus comes to preach and he has... Peter pushed him out as Peter's off to the side cleaning his his net for that wonderful catch of nothing he caught last night. And here he is, Jesus, who he's astonished at his authority and his his power to cast out demons, looks at Peter and says, Peter, why don't you take your net and cast it out to the other side? Now this, you know, Peter, he doesn't have faith that this is going to work, but because of the Lord's word, he is obedient. And so he is willing to, to listen to him in this. But understand the, the, the foolishness that Peter would have seen in this. You don't fish during the day this way because fish will go deeper down into the sea because the sunlight reveals their position in the water and it's much easier for predators such as humans or fish or, or uh, birds to come down in and swoop them down. So you would have had to have your nets cast much deeper in. But this is what happens when Peter casts it out. But Josh asked me why I, I asked him to be over here. So I'm about to tell him. You ready, right, Josh? Jesus told Peter to cast it out on the other side of the boat. No! <laughs> and as they're, as they're pulling in their catch, there are so many fish that Peter's boat starts to sink. And he cries out to his friends, John, He says, guys, help me out. And so... John and his brother, they, they, they start to pull the net as well. And their boat sinks as well. And so what happens in this moment? Peter realizes something. Peter realizes that this Jesus is not just a carpenter. He's not just a healer. He's not just a prophet. One who casts out demons. But he is in fact the Lord of all. Amen. Amen. Why was Peter able to catch so many fish? Because Jesus spoke the word. Right. the one who spoke the world into existence is both the master over man as he is the master over fish for he has spoken them both into existence and so um, sometimes people get, get confused that, that um, about, about the Bible and they say well doesn't the gospel of John say that, that Peter was found by Andrew and that's where Jesus calls him but here we have Peter being called uh, by Jesus to leave his boat so I want to Clear this up real quick and kind of go back through through the story from Peter's point of view. When when we see uh, Andrew and John, they are both fishermen. Andrew is Simon Peter's brother, and John is his friend and fellow fisherman. Andrew and John were disciples of this man known as John the Baptist. And and they, they, as disciples, would have helped baptize people for John the Baptist. And so when Jesus came, John tells them, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And so John and Andrew go to Jesus and saying, Rabbi, Master, where are, you, where are you staying? And he says, come and see. So what has what happened? And then Andrew goes and gets uh, Peter, and, and, um, and later on, Andrew gets Philip, and Philip goes and gets Nathaniel. we start to see this gathering, and then they go to the wedding in Cana, where we see Peter witness the first miracle of water turned into wine and he goes along with them and and they're walking and he starts to see Jesus preaching and and Peter and the other disciples partake of Jesus baptizing the others they were so effective at this that John's disciples got jealous of them and said you know everyone's going to Jesus and this is where, where John the Baptist tells us that this is a good thing that he must decrease while the Lord increases and it is the same way with all of us we must magnify and exalt the Lord while we we decrease in our own selfishness and our sinfulness and then later on we will go to the the woman at the well in Samaria they go into town, Peter and the other disciples go into town, when they come back Jesus says behold the the harvest is ready but the laborers are few and so they go into that town and they get to stay there for three days and the Samaritans believe the gospel even before the Jews think, think about what that would mean in Peter's mind and then they, they go on and, and they see this this uh, officer come to Jesus and say, Help me, my boy is sick. And Jesus says, You will never believe unless you see miracles. And he tells them, Go, your son will live. We read in scripture that at that very hour his son was healed. And of course Jesus continues on to his hometown of Nazareth, where he le- receives a little bit of a nicer reception. He preaches the gospel there, but the people try to kill him for doing so. And so ultimately um, Jesus is not killed. It was not yet his time. And so he leaves and then they go into Capernaum where, where they, they, uh, Jesus is preaching the gospel and a demon is there saying, I know who you are, O son, son of God. And Jesus casts him out and commands him to be silent. And then last week it went to Peter's mom's house. So you see Peter witnessing all these things. Then ultimately Peter the master fisherman can't catch a single fish, but at the Lord's command he catches so many fish it sinks two boats. These were not small boats. These the boats that the fishermen used in Peter's day were large boats. You're probably talking four to five hundred fish that have been caught in their nets, where their nets are starting to tear. That is a, a big catch for them. And so we have Peter co- being confronted with who Jesus is. And I ask you today, have you ever been confronted with who Jesus is? Amen. Because you're well, I'm going to talk in a minute about you know, what, what happens with Peter. But if we're not confronted with who Jesus is, we will never be willing to confront who we are. And so Peter has to confront this reality that Jesus is so much more than Peter is. That Jesus is in fact the Messiah, the Son of God. Amen. That he has authority over everything. That he could tell the fish to get into the net and they get into the net. That he could tell the demons to leave people and they leave. That he could tell fevers, and I covered this last week, but in the Jewish tradition of the rabbis, um, when it comes to healing different um, things, the one thing that you had to be more than just a man to heal was a fever. In fact, their tradition says only God could heal a fever because they had no remedy, no ailment. And even today, we can't really heal a fever. We could cover its symptoms. We could give give you some uh, Tylenol to, to make the fever come down, but it doesn't actually make the fever go away because a, a fever is an underlying symptom of something else going on in your body. And and so we, we witness Peter having this this moment with Jesus where he's realizing that Jesus is so much more than he is, so much more than anything he's ever encountered. And what what is what is he He say at this point, he says, Lord, I am a sinful man. Get away from me. Now, there's going to be a a point in your life, and I pray you've had that point already, where you have to come to grips with who Jesus is. Many people throughout the world try to grasp with who Jesus is. Some say he's a healer. Yes, he's a healer. Some say he's a teacher. Yes, but he's so much more. Some say he's a prophet. We have people of other religions who don't like us very much, but they acknowledge that Jesus is a prophet. But saying Jesus is a prophet is not going to get you into heaven. That's right. It can't save you. We have to acknowledge exactly who Jesus is, and exactly what he has done, and exactly who we are before that process can take place. We see Peter's entire fishing adventure there at night was fruitless. And why was it fruitless? Because it was not the Lord's will. Peter had been following Jesus for a good period of time now. How many here have been following Jesus for a good period of time? Do you see fruit? Or are you like Peter casting that net and there's nothing there? If you've been following Jesus and you do not have fruit, I would ask you, have you actually come to grips with who Jesus is? Because there's many that followed, there were many that were there that day. It is Peter who says, I am a sinner. We know it's Peter that has been confronted with the holy and righteous God in his midst. And that is the reaction we all should have, is when we come into the holy presence of God Almighty, when we've been confronted by the Holy Spirit, just who Jesus is, it should make us get down and say, Jesus is Lord, and I am a sinner. Depart from me, Lord we can look back in the Old Testament we see Isaiah is called up to the throne room of God and God is saying who shall I send and Isaiah is saying woe to me I am a, an unclean man in the midst of unclean people I am a man who has unclean lips in the midst of people who are unclean he, Isaiah, a holy prophet of God recognizes in God's presence how much of an unrighteous sinner he is he's the one that we get through but even that we, we have these, uh, these rags that, that we lift up, they are dirty. Our works are dirty like filthy rags compared to God. And so we, we must acknowledge that we have to be doing it in the Father's will. We have to, when we encounter Jesus, be doing it in his will. Seeking after him to follow him. Because while Peter and John and the others, they were following him, they hadn't yet grasped who Jesus was. It was being shown to them slowly and bit by bit. And as we were talking about, there were so many there that Jesus had to be put in a boat to be be cast out so everyone could see and hear Him. There have been hundreds if not thousands of people there. Why weren't they in awe and and kneeling down before the Lord Jesus? Are you there today? Are you ready and able and willing to acknowledge who Jesus is and who you are? There's no point in, in dancing around the fact that Jesus is God. He is the creator of heaven and earth. He spoke the world into existence. And He is the one we will stand before on that great day of judgment. Amen. All our good deeds and all our evil, s- sinful, wicked deeds will be made bare. All that's done in the dark will be brought into the light. Amen. That light is Jesus. Amen. He is the one we'll stand before. So you could fool Amen. me, and I could fool you, and we could pretend that we're, we're not a bunch of filthy sinners in, in the hands of a holy and righteous God. Amen. Or we can acknowledge that that is the situation that we find ourselves in. Who do we say Jesus is? Because it is only if you are willing to recognize that Jesus is the holy, righteous God. Who has your very soul in his hands. Will you be willing to say, Lord, I am a sinner. Have mercy on me. Lord, I need your grace. I need I need your sacrifice on the cross to atone for my sins. Because if we are not willing to have our our sins atoned for, then we are not really acknowledging who Jesus is. Many people will say, Jesus is Lord. But he says, I will say to many of them, Depart from me, for I never knew you. Jesus knows the ones who recognize him. And he knows the ones who are false. So I pray that this day you can have a similar response that Peter had to say, I am a sinful man or a woman. I am sinful. Being a pastor doesn't make me any less of a sinner than you. It means that I've acknowledged that I'm a sinner. And Jesus does something interesting here. After Peter says, Depart from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man, does Jesus leave? No. He does what? He says, I'm going to make you a fisher of men. And that call and that command is to all of us. If you have recognized who Jesus is, and you have been saved and recognized your own sinfulness, you know we have to come to grips with these three things, that Jesus is God. He is the Lord of all. That we are sinners. And the third part is that we have to come to grips that God has called us to a mission. He has not called us to sit in pews our whole life. He has called us to share the gospel. Amen. Let me see the net. He's called us to be fishers of men. Now, Peter recognized right away he couldn't fish alone. The task is way too hard. Now, I might be able to throw out a net and catch one or two. But if we each had our net, we each went out casting our net, we'd be able to catch a lot more. Right? That's right. (laughs) <laughs> well, I've caught one now it's his turn to go catch somebody it's your turn we are all called to a mission by God all, every one of us now we, we can look and we can think and you say well you know, maybe God hasn't gifted me in that way maybe I don't have the gift of evangelism I'll say I will recognize not everybody has that spiritual gift But also that everybody is called to make disciples. That we are called as a church to do that. Maybe God has gifted you in other ways. Maybe he he has gifted you in natural talents. Maybe he has gifted you financially. Or he has gifted you with a different spiritual gift such as teaching. Or the gift of helps. or, Or the different ways we minister to people. Each and every one of us has been gifted. If you are truly been born again, the Holy Spirit dwells within you. It is a guarantee from Scripture. The Holy Spirit dwells within you. You have at least one spiritual gift. Amen. But the gift is not for you. It's not that Christmas present you get open. The gift you are given is for everyone else. Amen. You know, preachers aren't given the gift of teaching and preaching so that they could hear themselves teach and preach. That would be utterly fruitless. If this entire room was full of preachers, we'd be a sad bunch. <laughs> no, we need the full gifting that the holy spirit gives the body and so that that we can use those with others we have a responsibility and that that is a word that comes from two different words ability and to respond do you have an an ability that god has given you yes and amen how are you going to respond with that are you going to use it to build the kingdom to bring god glory or are you going to look around and say well Joe over there, he, he's not using his gift, so I'm not going to use my gift. Or he's only given so much, so I'm only going to give so much. Sometimes we, we trap ourselves. We look around and see other people not doing what they have been called to do. Yes, that happens. But it doesn't give you an excuse not to do what you've been called to do. Because right. then you'll stand before God and he said, I have given you all of this, but you didn't use it. Why? And you're like, well, so-and-so didn't use it. If we all had that attitude, nobody would use it. We have all been different, given different gifts, and so we must do this for the kingdom. We all have, we're not all called to be pastors. We're not all called to, to actually work in the church. Some of us are called to, most of us are called to secular, secular jobs. And, and, you, and depending on how God has gifted you, you'll find yourselves in different places, places that I'll never be able to be with you. But you know what? You can catch men and women there too. You can share the gospel with them there. There's no one stopping you. You have the same Holy Spirit living inside you that I do, that our other preachers here do, that Peter had. The same one that lives inside you, goes with you to work, is there when you're praying, is there watching when you're sitting. As we said in Sunday school this morning, you're never really alone. The Holy Spirit's always with you. and He's watching. So I'd encourage you today to think about what is your boat that you need to get out of? What is your comfort zone? Peter, for him, there was nothing more natural and more comfortable to him than fishing. And that's why Jesus uses it and says, I will make you a fisher of men. For fishermen, they they enjoyed the solitude of fishing and the the hard work. And, and of course, the reward they would get financially from the fish they caught. They didn't always enjoy the the commerce part and and having to um, finagle and and deal, deal with the marketplace. They wanted to be out on the lake and the seas fishing. That was where they were comfortable. But that is exactly where Jesus said, Peter, come out of that and follow me. So what I'd ask you, you can only answer this for yourself, is where is your place of comfort that God is calling you out of? For me, for a long time, most of you know, it was the IT world. I was comfortable there. I enjoyed working on computers. It was easy for me. But God said no. I'm calling you out of that, and I am going to use you to catch men and women. And so where are you being called out of? Where's your comfort zone? I'd encourage you to to make sure you know who Jesus is before you start following Him. There's no halfway with Him. He is a a God of mercy and grace, but a God of justice. A God who, who has given much, and He requires... Faithfulness and obedience in return. So don't follow if you're not willing to be obedient. You'll find yourself very miserable. Because you'll be relying on your own will and not God's. So as, as we close now, I, I would have you think on this of what you're being called away from. What you're being called to. Those are important things to understand and know. And be faithful and obedient in that. Or well, wherever that, that may be because God will be with you, and he will bring his name much glory. But we have to be willing to say, okay, God, even that I don't think this is going to work, I'm going to cast my net out because you say so, and then watch what happens. I've never once experienced a time where God has said, I'm going to do this for you, and then him not do it. Because God is faithful, far more than I am or anyone here is. That's we need to trust God when He tells us to do something that doesn't seem logical, does is out of our comfort zone. When He tells us to fish during the day, we'll fish during the day, even that it's easier to catch at night. If He says to walk away from something that you've committed your life to, understand that He's got something far better on the other side. If He says to, to be still and listen and wait till He tells you to do so, whatever God is speaking to you, listen. It's far better than anything else. Let us pray. Our Father, Lord Jesus, I thank you for this day. I thank you for the great example that Peter gives us. I thank you that you called him out of the boat and that you're willing to to call to us who, who acknowledge that we are sinners, Lord. I pray if there's anyone here who does not know you as Lord, they recognize that today. Recognize who you are, that you command even the fish that swim in the sea and they listen and obey. I pray that that we look and examine our hearts and see our own sinfulness and and realize that we need a Savior. We need a Lord who has paid for our sins on the cross. Lord, I pray if there's anyone here who needs to know you this day, they come down now, Lord, and we will pray with them that they may know you, that they may hear those words to follow as Peter did. Be with us now and forever, Jesus. In your holy name, Amen. amen.